Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the SEMA student podcast. My name is Alan Lynch and I'm joined today by Conor Vertier. Hello everyone. For anybody tuning in for the first time to this SEMA podcast, um, we're members of the education team at Learn Signal, and uh, hopefully you'll listen to past ones or future podcasts and you'll certainly get used to all the great advice we give you on a weekly basis. Um, so on today's podcast, we're taking a look at the new year ahead and maybe some possible resolutions you can make uh, to yourself for passing your exams. Uh, in our news stories, we talk about how Japan is chasing down Carol Gasson and we have a student question about how to study um, when you have a very busy schedule. So before we get started, I wanted to let you know about all our SEMA basic members and those of you who have not visited Learn Signal that we're running a sale this week. Um, but as a podcast listener, we're giving you early access. So if you go to LearnSignal.com and sign in um, or create a basic account, you can subscribe to an annual plan and use the code SEMA25 and you'll get the 25% discount straight away. So I think our annual plan color is pretty good value as it is. So that 25% yeah, should make it a no-brainer. <laughs> That's so, the first of the resolutions. That's I the think. first of the resolutions. <laughs> and it's part of my resolution list coming up, so don't spoil it yet. Um, so, Connor, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I don't know whether you have any New Year's resolutions um, or whether uh, it's a kind of, they ever last for very long. But I think if you're looking at your SEMA qualification, um, it's probably a good time to set the, I wouldn't call them resolutions, I'd nearly set them kind of goals for the year. Yeah, I think it's, you see it across everything. Um, I was even saying today I went for lunch and I could see everyone going to get a salad. But yeah, it yeah. is naturally that that time where people are reflecting on changes they want to make. And that's a good thing. And I think that's, you know, we encourage people to do that throughout the year with their studies. But it's it's certainly a very logical point at the moment that you can, I suppose, really try to bring in good habits and maybe it's resonant solutions, maybe it's continuing things that work well, but that kind of time of reflection is always important. Yeah, so as a SEMA student, I guess we've looked at a number of things and there, I guess the things that we give advice for on an individual when you're doing an exam, whether it be a case study or whether you're doing an OT exam, we try and give this advice per exam setting and, and generally what Susan, students might do is they'd stick to it for a while, the exam would be over and then they'd stop and then they'd have to get started again on, the, on this path. And I think what we're going to try and do today is really to kind of, I think if you were doing a diet, you'd kind of say, let's not do it for a while. Let's make a kind of a lifestyle choice for a, for a period of time and see the exams, not as individual exams, but seeing this these changes as getting to kind of completing your qualification rather yeah. than just looking at it on a on a exam by exam basis. And I, I don't think you can do that for anything. You know, a good resolution isn't I want to get thin or I want yeah. to get fit. You, you have to build a, a plan into that and a process and it is a lifestyle change. So Connor, the first piece of advice I guess we're going to offer and uh, Connor doesn't know it yet, but he's going to fill out all these gaps <laughs> in afterwards. Excellent. Um, the first one is making a plan. So, and again, there's the short-term one for the for the up next exam that you have, but there's also a plan for maybe what you want to achieve for the for the year, how many exams you want to take, when you want to take them, those type of things. Yeah, and I think that the thing about a plan, which we always talk about, is it makes those those kind of broader and bigger goals a lot more manageable. So, saying that you want to get through, 
you know, however many SEMA OT exams or however many case studies in one year, that's that's a big kind of grand goal. But if you can break that down and make shorter term plans to achieving those, that can make a big difference. So if your plan is to get through one level, three OT exams and a case study, you know, break that down into a short term study plan to your first OT, work through your OTs and then have a, a plan for your case studies. So I think not only will you find you're a lot more at ease, but it, it allows you to make that lifestyle change and, you know, factor in how much study you're going to do in a week, when you're going to do practice tests, when you're going to attend webinars, all those type of things. If you make a good plan, it's easy to, to change your lifestyle to, to fit that in. And that will ultimately lead to you achieving those goals. And you mentioned about the, the kind of weight loss thing. People kind of go, I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to lose a stone in two weeks because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating salad. It must happen like that. Um, and I think the, the what, why people fall off the wagon, let's call it, for plans, whether it be healthy eating or studying, is that they have come up with plans that are just not achievable or attainable. They're just so kind of off the wall, nearly impossible, that the, f- the first time they fail. So making that plan achievable don't say oh i am going to do in may i'm going to do a case study and before that i'm going to do three ot exams yeah, yeah it has to be a sensible plan and something that you can achieve and that in between you're leaving time for whatever holidays or busy times in work or busy times in your personal life it, ca- it can't be just oh i'm going to quit everything right now and just do see my exams yeah because as soon as it becomes okay i'm going to study five hours every day you know, for the next three months, as soon as you don't do that, your whole, the whole goal loses its value and then it becomes pick and choose. So yeah, it does need to be achievable and realistic. The next one I will claim, and you will have to, um, a certain amount of bias in this, um, but I kind of think it's important in SEMA, especially because there's there's a lot of stuff out in the world there, is actually to decide on a provider um, now and kind of stick with something because I think what happens and I see what happens with a number of SEMA students is that, okay, I'm going to do an OT exam. So I'll go to this provider and then whether you pass or fail, then it's like the search starts again for every single exam. Yeah. Oh, which provider would I use for this? Oh, I see in a, in a message board that these are good for this exam, but not that exam. Or I'll use their mock exam for this case study, but I'll use another company's mock exam for an OT exam. I think by kind of getting... The, the worst thing about any plan and any exams is that when you get noise around, that's kind of distracting. I think if you're, if you say, you mentioned earlier, you do, I'm going to use three OT exams and a case study in the next year. If you have to make four decisions on what provider, if you have to go and lose yourself in Google four times this year about, and then worry about whether you're making the right or wrong exam or right or wrong decision, it, it's kind of, it, it'll just add to stress. And again, it'll, get you away from your plan and, and you'll you'll lose focus on that and it'll just slowly disappear. Yeah, I think you, you lose that structure, which, you know, a lot of that hassle can be taken away from you. And if you have that structure and it works well, which you get by, by working with a learning provider, is all that hard part or that mystery is taken out of that for you. So you don't waste that time, as you were saying. And you get used to them. And like, okay, here's where the bias part comes in. But like, so you can do all your OT exams and your case study with us. We give you all the timetables. So although the structure of the courses are different, depending on which one you're doing, the overall how to use Learn Signal, it's, it's very consistent no matter what course you're doing. So once you do one and you get, because you have to get to know the workings, as in mm. using the study plan, where the questions are, where the lectures are, 
getting to, to where your practice areas are, where your machis are, where do you get yeah. your machis are. But once you get used to that, you'll, you'll find that it's very um, it's very easy to kind of maneuver that around your plan. And, and once you take all of that thinking off your mind and you only have to concentrate on, on the content as such, life is a lot easier. Yeah, and you know what it takes to pass. And so when you start a new subject, you you know what you have to put in to, to get the results you want. Whereas when you're starting with a blank page again and seeing what way will I do this, it, there, there's a huge unknown. And, and like, yes, we have an annual plan and I'm sure other providers have an annual plan, but there's also an element of if you sign up to a monthly plan, you're, you're automatically saying, well, I'm not too sure I'll see this through. But at least if you sign up for an annual plan, there's that... Is that um, kind of monetary um, commitment you've made to yourself? You kind of well, I've spent the money, and, and I know a lot of people yeah. go to a gym a in January. And by February, they're and March and onwards, the direct debits coming out every month, and they're saying, "I'm going to go back. This is my month." Yeah. But I think if you do with if you make a commitment to the to doing the exams, and you make a commitment from a provider like getting our annual plan, um, I, I think there's a night. There's a, there's a number of areas that you're committing to and, and hopefully it'll all work out. And I think the thing with the gym is if, if someone knew that people stop going to the gym because they're just focused on the, the training bit, but if you knew you had a fitness test in March and a fitness test in, in the summer and a fitness yeah. test towards the end of the year, you wouldn't stop studying throughout that period. You, you'd start which eating is, better right now because yeah. you know it's not about what you eat the weekend before yeah, you test. Yeah. Um, and a subject we've talked a lot about uh, and the next piece of advice and it's often people say oh it's easy but it's not that easy to keep it going it's carving out that time for study um, and you said like people can say I go to the gym every evening or they can say I go to Pilates twice a week mm. so they don't decide the time but you'll find 99% of the time they go to the class Yeah, I don't think study is any different I think you should get into the habit of, no I study on a Tuesday night from 7 till 9 I study on a Saturday morning from 8 to 10 whatever it yeah. might be I think carving out that time and making that as part of your timetable is, is really important. Yeah, I think that's huge because I think you can say what you want to achieve in the week and you can have it there on a plan, but you need to actually be looking. When can you fit in each of those elements within your week? And people might be working, people might have things on, but you know, if you're going to achieve that and get through that week, you have to be looking, okay, well, I have two hours on that morning that I can do it. I'm free after work that evening. Mm. And you need to be doing that with your plan, piecing it into your actual routine. Yeah. Um, the next point is that we talked about commitments, touched on commitment earlier. Uh, and so getting the provider is, a, is an element of commitment, even building the plan is an element of commitment. But I also think booking your exams early is that's that's probably the, because then you're kind of nearly telling the world I'm doing yeah. this and you've paid over more money. And I, I find when you book an exam with C, with a body like SEMA, you've kind of, very few people don't do them. Very few people pay the money and don't do the exam. And so if you book your exams nice and early, you know you have this kind of personal commitment made. And I, I think that would certainly provide, hopefully, if it's not providing motivation, maybe you should reconsider doing accounting exams. Hmm. But it should really be the motivation to kind of enact your plan and keep it going as much as possible. Because, you know, as you said, you know, you have that fitness test. Yeah. You know, you have that point in time when you're going to be judged. And, and hopefully that provides the motivation for that. Um, I think the last one um, is don't get downhearted when it doesn't go to plan. Yeah. 
because that's it's years a long time that's going to happen yeah and I think that's and it's the same with any resolution it's about continuously reviewing and continuously reflecting and seeing what's working well and kind of adapting that because it's all very good in theory to say you know how you're going to act on the the start of January for the whole year but that will change but as long as you are continuously I suppose adapting you know what you want to achieve and how you can get to that I think you're you're still going to be in a good position come the end of the year so I think there are really five sound tips and, and they're not suppo- if you kind of say, oh, I do all them, uh, I, I know what they are, I don't need to write. Writing it down is really important because writing it down is kind of committing. Write it down and show it to somebody you you live with, friend, wife, husband, partner, whatever it might be, somebody you work with. Showing somebody the plan and saying, I'm going to stick to this plan is a big thing. So writing it down, um, planning your next year ahead, planning the the right times for your exams and I think will bring a lot of success and it's if you think of how quickly those years pass by and how Christmas keeps coming around that, that quickly imagine what it would feel like if you've got a huge dent or even better you're able to finish your SEMA exams this year so if you sit down and you may we're not going to call it a resolution because most people don't keep resolutions but if you do your new year plan and plan your year ahead we do think you'd be very successful. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for extra content, important news, live streams, study tips and much more. So now, Connor, we're going to have a look at our news stories. So um, I know we're going to pick one each every week now to see how, how um, what people think of our choices. But um, the one I've been interested in is the whole Nissan scandal. And actually not from a company scandal perspective, just from the kind of escaping from Japan yeah, perspective. Yeah. So um, International espionage more than... <laughs> but, it, but it nearly is. And um, I think the, the next part in um, the whole Nissan story is Carlos, um, the wife of Carlos Gassan, Carol Gassan, um, has, um, how shall we say, left also, um, left Japan. And Japan have have just issued an arrest warrant for her um, on suspicion of giving a a false testimony. And they said that um, she testified that she didn't know somebody and they're able to prove that she does know them and stuff. and it's it's very fun because obviously they're back in um, they're back in their home country of Lebanon. Um, Lebanon never ever extradites their yeah. citizens, so it's probably the safe. It's obviously the safest country in the world. But the most interesting one that was re- a funny part, I guess, and, and I have to admit I do find this quite funny. The way it's a real, it's like a movie of people escaping yeah. from a country and and they still don't know what passports to use and how yeah, they got she, away she from the country. Yeah, she one passport taken. Yeah, they find it's, another. It's but also the company that flew them out of Japan. So they went from Japan to Turkey and then from Turkey to Lebanon. Mm. And the company that flew them has recently come out and said they've only been paid half the money. Everybody's getting it. Yeah. Like you can't even trust people who are fleeing, fleeing. governments these yeah. days to pay you. So yeah, but I think they are I guess it's Japan's way of just piling the international pressure yeah. on, on countries to try and get these people back. And I think it's like with any of these things, it's um you know, if you can't target the person, you target the people close to them and you put mm. pressure in different ways. But I think with all these stories, and you hear a lot in these very high-profile people um, who are incredibly wealthy, when they're charged with things, they have such access to... Like, I think he hired a private jet from a company oh, yeah. the day before his bail, and he's an endless 
supply of money. I wouldn't even know yeah. how to go about hiring yeah, a private jet. <laughs> um, so it, you know, it does. We, it does. Um, all these stories, you, you do really say, like, how do you control people? I suppose you have no bail, but when when a bail is set for people like this, they, mm. their ease of escape suddenly looks very easy with the money that they have available. But it's got, what's going to be interesting now is they're obviously in Lebanon and what will happen if, for example, they want to go to the States. Japan has an, has a, a, expedition an extradition agreement, agreement with yeah. the States, but what's the process they'll have to go through in order to get that happening? Yeah. So I think this story has a, has a long way to run. Um, and there's a lot of big companies involved not, not just a, Nissan, a, but that that's the oh yeah it's you it's, know the effect the, the the role these countries play or these companies within all the countries that yeah. are involved it's oh it's it's a it's a massive case and i think slowly but surely you'll find them if they can't get them legally you'd expect that maybe japan will start releasing the the kind of the dirt the stories yeah. about wider after them and kind of if they can't kind of put them in prison, they might publicly shame them internationally. So it'd be it'd be interesting yeah, to see where it's one that's that's already just been in the headlines weekly almost, and, yeah, and, and only the case and the charges. I think it'll the, stay there for for quite a while because I think it's in the interest of Japan to keep it there and to keep them publicly putting pressure on these countries who are not what they would say is they're not um, not helping them out <laughs> no and and what you get is is that it mounts the paranoia on the people involved and mm. you know eventually they they maybe slip up or they turn themselves in so my story is a, a bit different <laughs> maybe lighter I'm not sure but it is looking at the meat alternative industry which is currently a very hot topic of conversation I know it comes up regularly in our in office in our office different because, people have different views definitely yeah and there's a there's a poster I know outside our office which is advertising these burgers but this is an industry that's in the next decade expected to to grow to you know up to 140 billion it's going to be a next major trend um, and what we're seeing is some of the major players are already starting to emerge um, and it's clear where they're kind of seeing a lot of the greatest growth potential and that's in fast food chains. Mm. Um, so you're seeing a lot of, I suppose, interesting partnerships between some of these companies, like looking at, at two of the biggest, there's um, Impossible Foods, who are valued at $2 billion, and Beyond Meat, who are valued at $5 billion. Um, and they're both plant-based meat companies, but they've already been vying for um, kind of partnerships with the likes of Burger King, McDonald's, mm. KFC. Um, so I know that Impossible um, Impossible Meats already have the Impossible Burger with Burger King. Um, and then Beyond Meat are in quite advanced talks with McDonald's. They're testing in Canada. I think they already have a partnership with KFC. Um, so it's really this interesting trend, but if they can hack into these and slowly grow to all these stores, I think even the Impossible Burgers only in some markets, the growth potential for these companies, you know, they're already billion dollar companies, but they could suddenly become oh, yeah. globally huge companies. Well, they, they become like a key provider of product for McDonald's or Burger King. That's, yeah. a, that's a huge thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating thing. I keep saying I must try it, but... Um, and obviously, all the advertisements say, "Yes, yeah, tastes just like a burger." Um, but it'd be, yeah, it's really fascinating because obviously, it's the. I think we've talked about a similar subject before, and it's not until 
this kind of feeling becomes mainstream. This kind mm. of thing becomes mainstream. And like it or not, healthy or not, McDonald's and Burger King is mainstream. Yeah. And when 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 you're going in with, with kids or friends and you're all ordering these burgers and they're not beef and you don't really know the difference and you're going to go back and you're you're going to do that, that is going to make a difference. So it, it's great to say, oh, we should le- eat less meat. Yeah. Um, but it's not as easy and some yeah. people don't have the time some people don't have the effort some people don't know where to start um, and some people think oh no it's not for me uh, but until it becomes the everyday thing that you nearly can't avoid it at least trying it um, the it, that's what's really going to make the big change yeah and I think t- two of the parts of this story that I find really interesting were firstly that impossible um, impossible foods had you know huge kind of um production issues where they couldn't meet demand because they're obviously partnering with this global company um, and then it calls into question you know can can these companies remain the sustainable alternative keeping mm. those values at core when they have the, the business and corporate incentive that you know if we get in now we can grow globally we can become the main provider beat all the other kind of um, plant-based food companies and do they remain sustainable do they not are they not able to meet the um, production demands and then they fall away or the company so it's it is a very interesting time for these companies and really for what their their kind of vision and goal is does it do they stay true to that as it goes on try us for free by registering for a basic plan on learnsignal.com to get everything you need to pass your exams Okay, so we have a student question from a SEMA student this week and um, they've been a new member who's joined us and they're doing their case study exam, I think it's management, and they're seeing the whole webinar. So we have six weeks of webinars and then this kind of homework and mock exams and all that thing. And every week, um, Paul, who's presenting the webinars, is concentrating on a different area and slowly building up all the knowledge you need to pass your case study exam. And this student was a little bit concerned, Connor, because they're saying, well, they're free this Friday, but they mightn't be free at the time. So this Friday, it's on at 11 a.m. Friday morning. And they're a bit concerned that, well, if they, they might miss them. So what happens if they miss them? Yeah, so ev- everything that happens in those webinars, everything that's referenced, it all goes up onto their SEMA course page. So you're never at risk of, you know, you miss one, you're you're at a disadvantage or you miss the whole thing. And if you can't make one, you know, while it is always best to be live so you can ask your questions, it's all the recordings are up there. So you, you will get everything you need. And even if you're you're only hearing this for the first time now on the podcast, you didn't know these had started, you can go back to week one, catch up and then you know, hit the ground running from these ones, building up to your exam. And so, if you have any questions then um, while watching the recording, you can always ask our 24-7 help desk. Yeah. Um, and our expert tutors on that will get back with an answer. Or if they don't, they'll, they'll certainly go to Paul and reach out to Paul and get an answer pretty quickly. So I think uh, there's a lot... The, you're not missing out anything by looking at the recording and you're still seeing what other students are asking and what their yeah, concerns yeah. are as well. So um, I think that's really useful. So hopefully that helps. So uh, we're going to say goodbye for this week and thanks for listening. Uh, just a quick reminder that SEMA 25 coupon um, for use of the sales. You have advanced notice by listening to the podcast and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.